This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Yay! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling originating from the rock and roll hall of fame city, bomb city, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North coast. I am your program host. Greg Rempe, happy to have you here on your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in the show tonight via phone calls or emails, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening tonight in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he was on a couple months ago. Last month, he was voted in as part of the five that make up the 2021 class of Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. Tim McKeska will be joining us once again. A couple months ago, we talked all about brisket pricing over the last year or so and why is it the way it is. And tonight we're going to be talking about pork and why it got outrageous and how it is curling back down to whatever normal is going to be or at least normal-ish type of zones at this point. So Tim will be talking about that. Also, we'll be talking about the most recent drop of the Texas Monthly's top 50 barbecue list in Texas and see if Tim has any thoughts on that. And of course, at the top, we will get how his life has changed since being inducted into the Guest Hall of Fame. So Tim McKeska right off the bat. Then 35 past the hour, fourth Tuesday of the month in the first hour. Brings a visit from the creator of DerekRiches.com. Derek Riches. <laughs> Derek and I will be talking about a number of live fire topics. We might get his thoughts on the top 50 list as well. He's in Austin, and at least one of those top 50 are in Austin. We'll see if he's been to it. Of course, I'm talking about Franklin, but maybe there's others. I don't know. I'm not overly familiar with all this stuff, but I try and keep my fingers on the pulse, as it were, and this has been a really hot topic over the last seven, eight days, so we'll talk to Derek about that as well as a number of other topics. And then we'll move into the second hour. And the second hour on the fourth Tuesday of the month can only bring a visit from who? The Embedded Correspondents. That's right. Plenty on the agenda for the Embedded Correspondents this evening, not the least of which is getting to the 100% Assurity Picks, which everybody is coming to know and love here over the last number of months as we started to get into this regularly 
We have a number of listener submissions on the Assurity Picks. So while we would like to have it be in the realm of live fire, it doesn't have to be. If you would like our yes or no, 100% yes or no answers on some type of controversy that you might be coming in and you need a group of people to give you their expert opinions on 100% yes or 100% no of whatever your issue is, send them in. We got a bunch coming up here to lead the second hour, and we would love to have your questions for us to tackle and answer along with you. So that's what's happening. Tim McKeska, Derek Rich's first hour, embedded correspondent, second hour, your phone calls and emails if you would like. Follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds over on Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also on YouTube slash RD Rempe. You can get two ad-free podcast feed options if you wish. Patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show or directly within the Apple Podcast app. You can subscribe right there. And lastly, don't forget, as we have for the last month or so, if you are listening to the show via Clubhouse, I would say this. Great place for you to ask questions to guests. It is a live show. I have to pick my spots. It's not just a traditional clubhouse format where you can just raise your hand and off you go. I will try and mix you in where I can. And raise your hand. We'll get you up on stage. There's a number of you already in the clubhouse. So be ready if I can come to you. I would say best shot this evening, top of the second hour. Or if you want to mix in some of your own, maybe we'll bring in a couple of people in Clubhouse and have them join in on the Assurity Picks. Why not? Fan favorite. Introduce the fans to 100% Assurity Picks and how quick you got to move. Give you some game time action. Why not? It was brought to my attention yesterday that last week I used the wrong phrasing when I was describing my attendance along with my two daughters and one of their friends at the Harry Styles concert last Monday night. I used the phrase station in life as I was trying to explain how some folks might not get why I was at that concert or who I was there with. And indeed, Station in life refers to more of a social status than those of us who have kids around the same age who might be into the same kind of things as I am, i.e. Harry Styles and the Associated Concert. So, Sam the Cooking Guy, Uh see this public correction as my attempt to make sure I am communicating Only 100% properly or as 100% properly as I can be. And if I am wrong, I am man enough. I am man enough to correct directly. And now I would expect you to do the same thing in an upcoming video to make up for the wildly reckless misuse and incorrect 100% incorrect use of the word epic in your most recent video, deep fried French fries or whatever you were making. I will leave it at that. I will also be waiting. I'm man enough to do it here on my show. I'm sure you're man enough to do it in an upcoming video. We don't shoot the same way. I'm live. You do it pre-recorded and then released through the week. However, I'm sure you want to make up 
for the reckless misuse of the word epic in your most recent video. And again, I'll leave it there. Listener feedback from the show last week. Jason in Georgia writing in. Greg loved the Daniel Vaughn segment last week about the Texas Monthly Top 50 Barbecue list. I figured it was mostly some kind of publicity or revenue stunt that the magazine pulls every four or five years. But this has shed quite a bit of new light on the process for me. Does Daniel need an assistant? I'm happy to help him travel Texas and eat all the barbecue now. No kidding. What a gig. Oliver in California writing in. Greg, if you're playing a game with someone and they knowingly give you an answer, which is not... Andrew, you are not the Which is not an option. Do they even really want to win the game they're playing? Come on, Jess and Daniel. Do better than that with your musical answers. Oliver, I agree. I was on the verge of tremendously shocked that when we were playing the music games at the end of the segments, when I gave them the two options to pick which one was better, both of them went outside of the box to pull in options that weren't even available to answer with. So it would logically then roll downhill that if you're giving me an answer that isn't one of the two possible correct options, your answer is indeed wrong, as we learned last week. Good job paying attention, Oliver. You can listen another week. Bill in Kansas writing in, Greg is a longtime listener of the show. I'm ashamed to say that I had no idea Bob Trudnak was so ingrained into the fabric of the show since the beginning. Hearing the Hall of Fame show last month really opened my eyes to the impact Bob made to the show on many levels. I wonder who else I am forgetting. Great show as always. And while it was a bit short, the Stephen Reichland segment was actually really great as well. Sean in Alabama. Sean, thank you for writing it. And by the way, I don't disagree on all counts. After all, it was me realizing once again how integrated Bob Trudnak has been to the show over these years through Doug's fact-finding as he was putting him into the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Very good job by Doug. We loved that about Doug. And thank you, Bill in Kansas, for writing in. All right, Tim McKeska is in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. Before we do that, I will talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers. They design and build all of their products right here in the States. And building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service, that's the backbone of how they've built customer service and the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product. It elevates gatherings with friends and family. Honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits and charcoal grills. Consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit. And the team has developed their cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality, endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit their website. Check out what they're offering right now. Yodersmokers.com. That's Yodersmokers.com. Once again, I am working with Tate Tribble 
on trying to get Yoders on the board here for an interview, but you know, they're very busy making cookers. They send truckloads out to the Pacific Northwest to Sam's Northwest Barbecue, if you can believe it. If you don't follow Sam on social, follow Sam on social. See what he's up to. Why not? All right, well, we're back with Tim McKeska right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU. Last week, Bob Trudnack from the Barbecue Guru came on to talk about how his life has changed since being inducted into the Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. Tonight, we continue to get feedback from the new class. My next guest is one of the most well-known names, not only in Texas barbecue, but in barbecue in general. Two months ago, he broke down the brisket issues we've been seeing all over the country the past 12 months or so. And tonight, we're going to be hitting the pork side of things as well. So we raced to the hotline and welcome back new Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, Tim McKeska. Hey, Tim. Hey, how you doing, Greg? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show again. And I guess first up, Tim, before we jump into the pork stuff, I wanted to give you a little room for perhaps any acceptance speech or words of wisdom or thankfulness that you would like to pass and disseminate to the Central Light faithful. So I turn the stage to you. Well, it you know, when you sent me that email, I sat and I looked at it and I go, wow, you know, uh, you have been in, in the forefront of this uh, barbecue media. You've been important to what's going on in, in the barbecue world. And for to me, to be listed in your Hall of Fame is a is a huge honor, especially at my age, because you really think people kind of forget about you after so, so many years. And uh, I try to stay relevant, but it's an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you being a great guest, and that's why... We love to recognize those that are bringing value to the show. And again, the only real thing that needs to happen for somebody to be a potential candidate is to have been a guest on the show at some point, not just this year, but at some point in the life of the show, all you have to do has have been a guest. So it's pretty easy stuff and Tim bringing a lot of value. And there's been a lot of guests over the years. So uh, good stuff for Tim and we're happy to have him here on the show. McKeskabrands.com, his website, by the way, uh, what are the, biggest changes that you've noticed in your life since being inducted into the guest hall of fame <laughs> uh well let me think a second um uh, uh, hmm i slept a little later the other day I, I, I slept for about another hour because i i could i could you know just relish the moment and 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 just realize why do i need to get up this early i'm in the hall of fame that's right i can sleep a little longer no doubt yeah well, i'm glad and, you're taking no, advantage yeah, of that i don't 
I don't want to make it a, a, a light issue. It is a big issue because you've had some great guests. Uh, as I had mentioned in the open, Tim, a couple months ago, we were talking very in-depth about brisket pricing and the items that contributed to that. I don't know if a lot of people really understood all of those underpinnings, and we appreciate the time you took to really talk about all of that and bring that to light. This time around, I wanted to talk about brisket's cousin, better known as pork, because at least here locally in Cleveland, and it had been for quite a substantial amount of time, at least in my opinion, where I had seen ridiculously high prices on pork, but specifically pork spare ribs for a two-pack at a cryovac at your random big shop warehouse. For instance, me, it's BJ's Wholesale Club. It was 62 bucks for a pair of St. Louis-style ribs, and I said, there's no way I'm feeding ribs to anybody until those things start to back down. Butts didn't seem to be out of line, but where I was used to paying 99 cents a pound, a dollar and 10 cents a pound. We were up to a buck and a half, so it was still a little bit more inflated, but just not as bad as the pork ribs. So before I lead you into that to say, uh, can we have some kind of a, a brisket discussion that we had a couple months ago on uh, pork this time around? I'd be happy to. And, and it's I've got some good news about pork. Uh, those ribs that you bought, those St. Louis ribs should be down next time you go buy them. We've had an interesting summer. We've had an interesting last 20 months, obviously, in this crazy uh, madcap world of COVID. Uh, but we do have uh, some good news in pork and that it has come down. The production is above normal as it is. And, and if we take a look at this, I prepared for you. This came from the pork checkoff data. Your spare rib uh, is a very popular cut because of the fact, you know, everybody wants that. And the St. Louis especially. So you can see the difference between that trimmed, you know, your, your spare rib is just... Uh, you know, St. Louis is a trimmed, uh, squared off uh, spare rib. So you can see 351 is where it as is right now. And then this is market prices uh, from the packer. This is not retail. And you look at the 250 a year ago. That's up 40. percent So there's there's your story on your spare on your on your St. Louis trimmed rib. Your spare rib uh, is actually down because why? Because nobody wants to buy them. I don't know why they're a great, very great rib. Um, but Beautiful meat and that squared off rib tips gone, St. Louis, and they just grab it. Mm. Uh, the next one there is the shoulder picnic. And why is that important is because that's a lot of what's made out of sausage. A lot of sausage is made out of uh, shoulder picnic. And you can see it's up 33%. Box trim, uh, which is a 72% uh, uh, lean trim, is uh, it's about the same. Belly, uh, which is where bacon comes from. You know, in, in May, Greg, that, that was Oh, 485 a pound. Wow. So even it's up 18% now, but it was very. Did you buy any bacon? Uh, I mean, do you buy bacon? Obviously, oh, yeah. I mean, they were. Uh, even the crappy bacon seemed to be 10, 11 bucks a yeah. pound. Yeah. And it, so if it's $5.60 on this list, it's going to be double on what you're buying, you know, whatever else. Uh, you can see not ham. Nobody, you know, ham is a ham. It is, really isn't used for a whole lot of things other than, you know, a ham. Uh, it's not process any other way and it's down uh and then the pork loin if you know if you go in the store you notice pork loins are always cheap why are pork loins cheap it's cheap because what can you do with the pork loin you really can't barbecue it because it gets gets too dry uh, unless you're german check and you know how to make a schnitzel you take a you know you slice a piece of pork loin beat the heck out of it with a ball peen hammer or put it through a tenderizer you got a schnitzel uh that's about all loin can be used for it's mm -hmm. just that's about it and then, of course, the butt. 
the butt is a very popular barbecue cut. It's up 22%, but butts were in the 215 range uh, back in the spring. And the reason I put lean hogs on there is because that's the value of the hog on the carcass as it comes out of the farm. So you can see farmers are getting between 68 and 74 cents. Uh, it's up a little bit from what it was, but lean hogs, if you get up to that next, if you go to the next panel, uh, it'll actually be on the second one. You'll see that uh, that chart over here to your right. You can see at one time back in uh, June and May, uh, hogs were $1.25 a pound, which was great for the farmers. And that's why you were paying all that money for those spare ribs. See that, that line, how that red line goes up there? Yeah, it sure does. The dotted line, the dotted line, the blue line is 2022, excuse me, 2020. And then the, uh, the dotted one is the five-year average. And we talked a little bit last time about why, why do we have to fight these battles with pork? And if you look at the, if you look at the chart on the left, that is how much pork is exported in the millions of pounds. Uh, and you can see that red line is 2021. And we're pretty much in line with our normal exports. Uh, uh, and if you go to the, the final panel, it'll show you who's getting our pork. 4.45 billion pounds of pork year to date. And it'll probably be closer to about 7 or 8 billion pounds uh, uh you know, you know, it's going to be up only about 2%, but that's still a lot of pork going out of the country. And if you look on the right, you'll see who's getting it. Number one, what does that say? China. China. Yeah, they like wow. pork. And, and Mexico's next. And it's usually, uh, it's, it's, it, sometimes it, it, it goes back and forth between Mexico and China. But China's always usually up there and then followed by Japan, Canada, South Korea, Philippines. Uh, Philippines make a lot of pork. They do a lot, have a lot of pork farms and uh, so does South America. Uh, so that kind of surprised me that Colombia is still in there. But anyway, that's where our pork is going and uh, that's why it's high. If we didn't export as much, would prices be down? Should, should we be... So, I mean, my lame business mind would say if we have more supply, even if demand is higher, we would be able to meet it. Potentially prices drive down instead of sending it away, which then, of course, my lame business mind would say, well, if you can sell it at a premium and it's leaving the country, don't you want to make the money that you can make? Seems to be some kind of a vacillating situation you could be in. And you are correct. Uh, if we did export less, we would have more pork available to us here in the, in, in the United States. Uh, but the export kind of guarantees the flow of product. You, you see, it kind of guarantees what, because we're steady exporting all the time. And uh, when we, you know, we did have export issues back when we had PID uh, uh, or PED, I'm sorry, no, yeah, porcine epidemic diarrhea. I think 2015, we had this, this terrible thing where piglets were dying and pork went crazy. We didn't export a lot because we didn't have a lot to export. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Supply and demand I talked to you a little bit about brisket, how everybody was just buying brisket and, you know, just go to the store, buy three or four, whatever the limit said. It's eased up a little bit. The demand is, is, is a little less because we're getting into the fall. But interestingly enough, uh, even though the demand is, is gone down, people are still buying pork uh, steadily throughout the year. But, but it, the good news is it's gotten better. I guess I had no idea that there was that amount of pork leaving the country and then 
there's always this weird conversation that Americans love to have about a company here in the States that's owned by a Chinese firm, Smithfield, and oh, it's Chinese owned and blah, blah, blah. Is there any thought into, well, they're Chinese owned, so they're just shipping pork back over there. They own it. They want it and they can do that. They can do it because, like I told you the last time I was here on your show, there's four companies that control just about everything. 80% of the entire beef and pork markets are controlled by four companies. And so they, they can do basically what they want. And, of course, if you're you know, if you're a foreign-owned company, and um, you can pretty much sit and send your product back to wherever you came from uh, because it's you know that's what they can do. And they're going to sell to whoever pays the most for it. Uh, that's just business. Tim McKeska joining us here on the show. McKeskaBrands.com is his website. If you want to check it out, maybe you have a restaurant food truck or, or I'm sorry, a barbecue food truck or a restaurant, a barbecue restaurant. You'd like to have some great sausages in your place, but you don't want to make them. Then you should be getting a hold of Tim and saying, how do we put together a special brand just for me? And he can take you from there. Let me circle back just to, well, actually, before we, uh, before I ask a brisket question, you said the pork is coming into line. Is there anything else on the horizon that we need to be on the lookout for? I remember one thing that stuck out springtime as we got into the summer was chicken wings were either A, unavailable, and then B, incredibly priced. Uh, is that something that might rear up again, or is there yeah. something along those lines yeah. that could see again? Well, Fourth of you know we had Memorial Day, Fourth uh, of July, and then we have Labor Day. Those are big wing days, and there in the summertime, people go to the beaches and lakes and stuff. The chicken wing situation has eased up. They're still not cheap though, but there is more available out there. But I will give you a scoop. You know, I always give you great scoops. Yes, historically, right? I'm gonna give you a scoop right now to all of your uh, to, to your listeners. I know you got a lot of them. Uh, if you're gonna if you think about getting a turkey for for Thanksgiving, I, maybe you've talked about this so far. But if you haven't gotten a, you know, if you haven't seen the news, you may want to get your turkey as soon as you can find one. They're going to be frozen anyway, so it's not going to hurt anything. You have the room, especially if you want a 12-pound hen. They're going to be kind of short this year. They're all saying they've got plenty. And the 20-pound toms, they said, look, we've got plenty. There's no rush on this. But the way people buy in frenzies, mm. this, this COVID, in this last 20 months, people buy in frenzies, I think you better buy a turkey as soon as you find one. You may or may not believe it, but the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City's local news just said, oh, hey, keep your eye out on a potential shortage of turkeys. Yesterday, I'm going to the store tomorrow and getting my turkey <laughs> as long as I Get got it. Turkey. I mean, I'm going to be looking around. And exactly yeah. for the size you said, uh, I've learned over the years and talking with the various pitmasters that a 12-pound turkey seems to be the best workable turkey. If you need more than that, then you mm -hmm. buy two 12-pound turkeys instead of getting that very cool looking 25 pound bird but in the end <laughs> yeah. two 12 pound birds are much more workable and much more cookable in that realm so yes. uh, yeah tomorrow i'm going out yeah. to, to grab my turkey so yeah. you heard it from tim's mouth first everybody make sure that if you are going to be eating a turkey for this thanksgiving and a lot of you are make sure that you get out there and grab them up before they become short now let me ask a brisket question as we tie back to a couple months ago when fast food chains decide to toss brisket on the menu, Arby's is well known for their brisket. Uh, Chipotle just got into the brisket game, whatever the hell that looks like. Does it hamstring the supply or is that some kind of a myth? 
No, it does hamstring the supply, but it's difficult to prove exactly where it's going. That's the problem. You know, years ago when we, my family deals direct with packers. We go directly to the plant. We don't have people in between us. We don't have brokers. We have anything. We buy direct from the plant. So years ago, they would say, well, you know, I just sold 10 loads. A load is 600 cases of brisket. And we would buy multiple loads. We were, my family bought a lot of meat. And so they would say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, we're four shorts low, four, four loads short because so-and-so bought. 10 loads. Well, then I would go online and look at the USDA data on load purchases. And I would see that that was a big load. We don't know who it went to, but the brokers would tell us or the packers would tell us. So then we knew who it was. Mm -hmm. And Arby's was the last company that they talked about doing it. Now everybody's kind of hush on on these big loads. Uh, We know they're being bought, but we don't know who, but we can guess. Mm -hmm. All right, let's leave it at there because yeah, I could talk about brisket yeah. and fast food and how it's a waste, but whatever. I mean, people are going to buy yeah, it. Oh, it's you, trendy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Unrelated yeah. to I wish all just, of that. I just wish they'd leave it alone. Right. They just need to leave. I won't, I, won't make any sub, I won't make any sandwiches. I won't make any roast beef. You just leave brisket alone. Unrelated, but related. Last Monday, the new Texas Monthly Barbecue Top 50 list comes out. And I guess, I'm sure you perused the list. You had, did you have any like knee-jerk reactions to the list? Anybody that you knew that you were like, oh, you know, happy to see them on the list or any surprises? What did you think initially? My phone started ringing about 6.30 that morning, uh, and it rang throughout the day, and the messages came in, the emails, wanted my opinion. Uh, you know, people that were, you know, on the list, were on the list, weren't on the list, thought they'd be on the list. Um, it, it was interesting. You know, when Texas Monthly started doing this years ago, we didn't have social media. And so it was just a magazine with 50 barbecue restaurants in it. And so you, some people didn't even advertise it. You know, I listened, you had a great last week's episode with, with, uh, uh, with Daniel Vaughn was really good. I'm glad I got to see that because, you know, he, he mentioned that some people don't want to be on the list, you know, and they didn't advertise it. Well, now with social media and the, and the younger crowd that are running these barbecue restaurants, they want to be on this list. And I was surprised that there was 29 new people on this list. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean the 29 they replaced were any less better or the 29 that replaced them are that good? Man, I don't know. That's got to be a very narrow, narrow gap there how you do that i'm surprised now i don't talk to talk about my customers and i won't talk about my customers but i'll say this since they're not a customer of mine i was i was surprised by style switch you know daniel mentioned on your program last time that you know he had this great sandwich you know the smoked we're talking about the smoked cream cheese you know he talked about the sandwich he had and it was came from style switch barbecue in austin that's my go-to place when i want great consistent barbecue with manageable line they they're very efficient but uh, I, they, they didn't make it. They're on the honorable mention. And that kind of surprised me. Uh, and then the other 29 places, I only know of, of four or five of them. Uh, and the rest of them, Dan, uh, I, I don't know, Greg. They were, it was a surprise. When you look at the names of the top 50, how many are you selling into? How many are you selling my products? Yeah. I, I can't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> can't? Uh, <laughs> no, we can't. So uh, there's a thing. There's a thing called. Uh, you know, we've got non-disclosures. Uh, I don't tell NBA. anybody. I don't. I don't do that. But I'm gonna say this, and this is important. In the last 20 months, if you're in the barbecue business, and if you sold barbecue out of a restaurant, a barbecue joint, 
out of a trailer. If you sold barbecue out of the back of your car and you made payroll, you made your, your, your mortgage, you made your debt, you made your rent, you pay these ex stupid prices for uh, pr uh, proteins. If you did all of that and you're still in business, I salute you and you should be in a magazine mm. because 20, the last 20 months have been H-E double toothpicks. You're not telling me how many customers you have in the top 50. Are there customers of yours in Texas who actively or outside of Texas who would actively say, Hey, uh, we make all of our meats, blah, 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 but we bring in McKeska brand sausage and that's who we're selling to you. No. Uh, and it's because Texans are pretty uh, closed about that. Uh, they want it to be their product. And I let, I don't care. It's their product. And a lot of them are OEM where we make product for based on their recipe under their label. Uh, we may make it in the plant, but it's their product. A few people, if you ask them, will tell you, but I don't tell anybody. Now, now in Chicago, when you get outside of Texas, you get to Denver, AJ's Barbecue, you get to these other places. I think I'm in 20, 20 or 21 states. They love to say, you know, we got McKeska brand sausage here. You know, the proper pig up in, uh, up in Cleveland had it. I don't know if they still have it, but in your hometown, you know, they had it. And they, they were proud to announce that. But in Texas, everybody wants to be their own, their, their own domain. They want to keep their products among, and they don't really need my help. They really don't. So they're just using you I mean, as, uh, as like manufacturing, so they don't have to also take yeah. on that workload with everything else they're doing. Yeah, and plus it's confusing too because we have McKeska, uh, we have McKeska restaurants still in business. My cousins are all out there making their own sausage and they're doing their own barbecue. In fact, we get some McKeska barbecue down in Port Aransas uh, for a Harvest Moon Regatta that they catered. And so uh, it would be confusing if if you go into a restaurant and it says, "Oh, we serve McKeska brand sausage," and then across the street is one of my cousins. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. No doubt about it. It's Tim McKeska here on the show. McKeskaBrands.com is the website. He is one of the five most recent inductees into the Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. And the most important thing is he has all of this great knowledge that he's happy to share with us as it relates to this industry that we know and love. Tim, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Great. No, no games. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> If it has anything to do with music after 1978, I have nothing for you. All right, here we go then. Oh, no. <laughs> I just happen to be a guy who liked music before 1978 oh. as well. Here we go. Okay. Tim, you tell me, between these two songs, which is the better song? Is it Players How Long? Or is it Ambrosia's uh, biggest your, part of me? Yeah, biggest part of me. Which one is better? <laughs> biggest part of me. Love it. Play it. It's on my. Both of those songs are on my playlist. But I love. I love Ambrosia. All right, so we're going Ambrosia. Final answer. Yes. All right. We're locking Tim in Ambrosia for his final answer against Player, and of course, Tim is. Close, but you're wrong. Player is player is the better uh, answer in that specific instance, but we appreciate Tim playing, of course. You know what I find 
magical about those songs. If you're half paying attention, both of those songs are on the Yacht Rock uh, Sirius XM channel oh, yes. like all the time. Uh, well, um, yeah. But if you're only half paying attention to the radio and concentrating on driving, the first 30 seconds, they both sound like exactly the same song. I'll start singing it in my mind, thinking it's the player song, but no, it's Ambrosia, vice versa. So I find that song to be kind of tricky. So it's kind of a trick question on my part, Tim. I don't mean to do that to a Hall of Famer I, like yourself. I, I like, I love both of them. I love both of them. And I'm just, it, you know, when you had Daniel last week and, he, and you mentioned some guy named Styles. Harry Styles. I don't Styles. even know who that is. I have no clue. He's no for clue. the kids, Tim. What can I tell you? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about well, it. Well, I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I, I had no clue. All right, Tim. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There he is. Tim McKeska right there. Really close on bigger bet is it the best part of it. Real close, but baby, come back is the jam player. Yeah, yacht rock radio. I see Derek Riches in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. Derek might have to be on his music game as well. That seems to be a hot game sweeping the nation. I'm not even asking for it. But the guests are demanding to play games, so I will play games, of course, because I have game beds at the red. I'll talk to you quickly about Yukon Glory and the Grill and Serve set, an absolutely wonderful revolution when it comes to landscape grilling baskets, because I hate two things. I hate taking grilling baskets off the grill because they're hot and you have to use some kind of a glove or something along these lines. Also, it gets grease and oil all over my table or counter or wherever I put it when I set it down to serve. Being someone who's known as a clean freak, not really something I can get down with. So what am I supposed to do? Enter the product from Yukon Glory called the Grill and Serve System. It's a patented design, fixes everything. The set includes three stainless steel grill baskets, which are moved by a clip-on handle that seamlessly grips the interior of the baskets for easy lifting and dropping. The set also has a large custom-fitted stainless steel serving tray to catch any drips and allow for a beautiful table presentation. But perhaps... In my case, and more importantly, giving you a clean table when everything is done. Thank you so much, Yukon Glory. Now, what can you cook in these things? I'm glad you asked. Perfect for veggies, seafood, wings, tacos, meats of all types. If you can think it, you can use the grill and serve system for it. Buy it on Amazon or Walmart or at Lowe's or Home Depot or Target or, of course, Go to their main website, yukonglory.com. And then, as you're checking out, use promo code 10CENTRAL for a 10% discount on every single item, every single time you go. You like saving 10%? You like saving money? Go to Yukon Glory, check out their products, 10 Central, and you are saving. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook, Yukon Glory, or visit the website, yukonglory.com. We are back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around, be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information, see other products, or more importantly, to purchase CookinPellets.com. The fourth Tuesday of the month means it's time we go to the hotline and welcome in one of the most respected barbecue journalists in the biz, 
a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer, as was my last guest. And you can check him out writing on his site, DerekRiches.com. We welcome back Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg. How you doing? What do you think about Tim McKeska making it into the guest Hall of Fame this year? Well, it's about time. I mean, I don't know what you had against the guy all these years, but... You familiar with Tim? You know? Um, no. Really? I mean, no, I, mean, I know who he is. I don't oh, think okay. we've ever met. <laughs> all right. Yeah. He, he's, he is wildly connected. He knows a lot of... He knows a lot of great stuff, especially for us, you know, you and I, what I would consider to be nerds of the industry. We love all these inner workings. So, and I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Nerd, of course. I'm saying I'm a nerd myself. He can really give you the guts of things that are going on and lots of insider looks that you're not getting anywhere else. So, if you haven't had big conversations with him, I would say this is a guy you should be reaching out to to see about stories or even get further gobbledygook. I don't know if that's a journalist term that you guys use, but uh, he's certainly a Getting source worth checking out. Yeah, it might be, but what can I tell you? So let's start here first, since we're in the final quarter of 2021, rapidly coming to a close. What's been one or two of the breakthrough products of the year as it relates to live fire? I don't know, you've asked me that, and I've been think, trying to think of like a good answer for that. And there's not a standout. Nothing that, that that's impressed me. I, I, you know, there's been a number of new products, but you know, the logistics issues that's been going on, I think, has really got a lot of businesses sitting back and going, uh, "Yeah, the new stuff will come later. We just need to get you know our regular stuff." I mean, I've had mm-hmm. you know warnings from ThermalWorks and Green Mountain Grills and and um, Dansons and you know a dozen manufacturers saying well, we're doing everything in our power to make sure we have enough product for Christmas. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, there's a new line of uh, flat tops out of uh, Pit Boss, which could be kind of interesting. They kind of have a removable; the, the top comes off. I mean, it's semi-portable. Like the flat top and, part comes off. Yeah, the whole the whole top section, you know comes off it has a cart section and you set the thing in and then you can lift it out take it with you if you want to and an attempt at portability and they're using um you know ceramic cooktop which i'm not sure how well that works because i haven't been able to see one in action because they keep moving back the date on when they're going to be available because they're out at sea they're parked somewhere off the you know west coast or actually every coast at this point no kidding and now I'm hearing that there's a shortage of cargo containers to be filled with stuff. Of course, so they because can't they can't get stuff. unfilled, so you can put new stuff in them. Right. So it's, uh, you know. Wow. We'll see how it goes. You know, but I think that because, I mean, you know, looking through like social media and, and looking at what people are cooking on and kind of talking to some people, you know, locally, there's been a, there seems to be a lot of kind of cottage stuff going on. You know, everything from like, you know, fire pit, based cookers and um, to a number of, you know, uh, you know, just kind of local made stuff, which I think is really interesting. Uh, They're not getting big distribution. It's like if you live in an area where somebody's making this stuff, but, you know, I've seen some pretty interesting products and I'm trying to kind of get a list together, hopefully for the near future of kind of some of the innovations. I mean, this is mostly charcoal based because you're not going to, 
you know, get a lot of more sophisticated stuff manufactured here unless you've got deep pockets. But um, I think next year will be interesting because I think that there's kind of some innovation going on in that direction. So, but I mean, if you've seen something that jumps out at you. This has probably been a year of blah. Maybe yeah, the biggest uh, thing yeah. that's jumped out to me is the pit barrel uh, extra large, the PBX. Yeah, which has been kind of in the works for quite a while. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I mean, there's that. That's that's something. I I, I don't know, um, you know, how many backyard cooks are going to pick it up, but um, we'll kind of see how popular that becomes. I haven't really noticed. As I was thinking about this question, you look back, uh, maybe there's one or two products every quarter that seem to roll out and inevitably one or two might catch fire. It's the next got to have it or it's we see it as the next BS fad thing that everybody's going to yeah. buy, but we're going to stay away from it because we know it's going to be like that grill brush robot or whatever <sighs> foolish thing was put out and. It seems really great at the time when you need to buy something for your dad because evidently you secretly hate him and you just haven't worked it out yeah. with a therapist yet, so you get him the grill bot. But right. I just haven't seen that. So I guess the follow-up question to that would be, do you attribute to this cottage success to COVID and that as things continue to get further away from that, we'll return back to a more normal introduction of general mass market products and that the cottage person would then suffer? Well, I mean, I hope not. That would, that kind of sucks. I, I mean, I kind of think that there's a lot more innovation in the small than there is in the big. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Weber and Traeger have to get some new products out there so that they can make news to keep their stock prices up and, you know, someday charboil will come out with something new, but we haven't heard from them in years. Um, you know, I, I, I think right now until, until the logistics stuff gets straightened out, I don't see that, that many places think that trying to introduce a whole new product in this environment is, is, is a good idea. I agree with that. So. Derek Rich is joining us here on the show. DerekRiches.com, his website, you should be reading it frequently. So sticking with products, you recently did an article on the Z-Grill 700 pellet cooker. And we can talk about the pellet cooker and review here in a second. But to me, I think there's two groups of people that know or don't know about audience uh, or uh, know about Z-Grills. So uh, I guess I just gave away that whole second part of the question. You have a group of people that have no idea who Z-Grill is, but then... And maybe it's three groups. Then you have somebody like me who's heard Z-Grill, doesn't really know too much about them. And then, obviously, the subset of C, which knows exactly who Z-Grill is and, and what they are. But if we could maybe start by getting a, a really good base of who Z-Grill actually is and how intertwined they actually are in the pellet cooker market, which I think most people don't really understand. Yeah, I don't... I it's 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 one of those kind of long story sort of things but you know <clears throat> and the first thing to know is that for 20 years Traeger had a patent on pellet cookers i mean ed marn and, and cook shack came out with the fast eddie cooker which got around that patent but they were really the only ones to do it i don't think they got and around it i think they had to pay a, a 
they had to pay a fee I, every time they yeah. built a Kunker because they were using the Traeger auger system. Well, I, well, yeah, but Traeger didn't necessarily own the auger system. The auger system came straight out of uh, boilers. Um, it's the controller that was the issue. All right. Really, but I mean, Trigger basically, if it was a pellet-powered cooker and it was and it was in your out, it was on your patio. They kind of owned that, and when that patent got close to expiring, Joe Trigger and the Trigger people decided, you know, we're going to get swamped with competitors, so we don't have a lot of choices. And and the route they went with was, we have to keep the price down. We have to make the the Trigger grill as cheap as possible. So that, you know, they could stay in business and they can grow. So they moved uh, manufacturing to China, closed down the manufacturing facility in Oregon and set up in China, which meant getting a factory in China that could build a pellet grill because they had never done it before. And so that became kind of a bit of a nightmare. And, and people who may have bought one of those first imported Traeger grills may still have some bad memories of that whole situation because the quality control was a big problem. There was warranty issues. So it was just, you know, it was a very painful process, but the factory that started making them in China kept making pellet grills and they made more and more pellet grills. And as the competitors came along, they were more than happy to make everyone's pellet grills. Hmm. And so they became the biggest pellet grill factory in the world. Now, there are other places that make pellet grills in China. There's a facility you may be familiar with in Wuhan, um, but this facility, um, which is just off the Yangtze River near the coast, um, is um, what's the Jai? It's uh, Jai, Jai, Jai Su. Jaisu Z Grills Technology, as it's now known, um, they started making um, pellet grills for anybody. And about 2016 decide, well, we could make pellet grills for us. So they partnered with some other companies, uh, one of which was a Chinese marketing, transportation, branding company, and they created Z Grills. And so Z Grills hit the market as the cheapest pellet grill you could buy. I mean, you can get a Z grill now, you know, not on sale at about 450 bucks. Yeah. Um, and if you look at their, you know, if you look at the Z grills, the, there's one grill in particular that's just going to jump out at you. And that's the grill of silverback because Z grills and the grill of silverback are almost identical. Mm. They, you know, it, it's the same grill. Um, Gorilla puts it, their controller in it. They have a different controller unit, but the the body shape, the size, the capacity, everything, it's absolutely identical, and they look very, very similar. And there's not much that, you know, Gorilla can do about that because I think they did a lot of the design work for the grill, but they didn't really own the look of it mm. so much. And, you know, I, people will criticize the grills for kind of ripping other people off. Or you can say they're very entrepreneurial and have created their own, you know, own brand. I mean, their most expensive grill is, you know, in the thousand series. I think it's up to just over a thousand dollars. Wow. Um, so they are, you know, they're very much marketed towards the bottom. They have a U.S. subsidiary in charge of just, you know, trying to 
you know, they do a shitload of advertising and marketing. And they do, you know, they actually do. If I've you never know kind seen of a zebra ad in my life anywhere. Oh, really? Never. Uh, they they purchase Google ads like crazy. And if you do a little research on zebras, you will find that it's all over your Facebook, it's all over your Twitter, it's oh. all over everything. But until you kind of step on the magic button that's going to get you that, it get, doesn't get dumped on you. But yeah, they have a pretty aggressive marketing campaign. You just, you have to kind of be in the right place to find it. But um, I think they're dumping a lot of money on it. So they make pellet cookers. They were making Traeger pellet cookers. Um, from what I understand yeah. now, they also make this gorilla cooker that you're talking about. They make some version of a pit boss cooker. If yeah, I called them else. on the phone tomorrow and I said, hey, Z Grill, I want you to make the Barbecue Central Show pellet cooker. This is something that would be right up their wheelhouse. And then would I have the option of saying, I want this to be the most robust pellet cooker out on the market that you can make. And I want to see that retail tag to be 1500 bucks, or do they not even have the wherewithal to do that? Is that outside of their uh, expertise? No, I think they could probably do it. I don't think they would unless you were going big. Um, big in an know, order sense? That, big in an order sense, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if you're going to do 50 containers, maybe they could go that route. But if you're going to do five containers, no. You know, that's with a lot of these companies. You say that with like the the, the Aplex uh, Kamado Grill. Um they will make modifications to it. They'll put your name on it. They'll put different handles on it. The Z-Grills will, you know, do the same thing. It's like, you know, we can stamp it this way. We can put this badge on it. We can change the handle on it. Other than that, they have, I think, like four or five main body types, and you're going to have to stick with that. Mm. Um, you know, you might be able to swap out like cooking grates. You know, I mean, Nick, for the most part, they're doing either porcelain or nickel plated steel and, you know, the, the cheaper end stuff. I, I think that it would be foolish to go to them and say, I want a real robust one because they're going to put their augers and their motors and all of those components, <clears throat> which may not be able to kind of handle what you're looking at. But yeah, I mean, you could certainly private label. I mean, that's not a hard thing to do in this day and age. What kind of a lifespan should you be expecting if you're getting a pellet cooker between four to six hundred bucks? A couple of years. Let's say I'm going to use it two to three times a week, right through. You know, doesn't matter. Spring, summer, winter, fall. Blah blah blah. High use. Uh, if you're in a relatively dry environment, you might get five years. I think. Um, I think that. You know, depending, you know, a lot of this does have to do with where you live. I mean, but, you know, maybe that's five might be good if you're going to keep it covered and you, you do good maintenance on it. Mm. But, yeah, a lot of the components are not what we would consider us. I mean, they sell a full size pellet grill. It weighs in about 108 pounds. And, you know, when you take out the cooking grates and you know the motor assemblies and the auger assemblies it was 50 pounds. Uh, you're not talking a lot of metal here you're talking a very thin um body and structure yeah so if it's cold or the wind blows lightly your temperature is affected your fuel consumption's up things that you would perhaps come to expect from a more yeah. 
expensive cooker is you're not getting that. So adjust your expectation and then you're not going to be disappointed basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're purchasing in that price range, because there's not a lot down in that price range at this point. Um, yeah. You can't have huge expectations. You are going to get what you pay for. Um, I try to tell that to people all the time and they get mad at me for it, but it's like, well, if you're not willing to invest, then don't expect a lot. Yeah. Derek, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the insight here on Z Grill. As I was talking with Tim McKeska last segment, we were discussing at the end the recent release of the latest version of Texas Monthly's Top 50. Any thoughts on that, and how many have you been to Top 10-wise? Top 10-wise? Oh, uh, one, two, six, maybe? Really? I might have been to... Yeah, I think... Well, I... You've been, to Franklin? I've been to Franklin's, but that was years ago. Been and I've snow. been to Snow's, but that was quite a way. I went to Burton Bean not that long ago. Yeah, Ernesto's place down in Seguin. Seguin. Um, yeah. uh, I have not Truth? been to Interstellar. Truth Barbecue? No, I have been to Truth either. And I haven't been to Goldie's. So, okay, we might be down to four or five. <laughs> uh, 50% not bad. Well, I was actually going to get some food from Interstellar. I think that are they in the top 10? Yes. Or are they in the Austin top 10? Nope. Um, or the Austin top. Yeah, I was going to, and something came up and I just kind of didn't get that together. I am enjoying the, the, I'm enjoying the pandemic from the standpoint that many of these places do like order online pickup. So, because I hate standing in line. Mm-hmm. I am not a line stander, which is why I've been to Snow's once. But I would go again, but, you know. Anything coming up that we should be visiting the website for? Anything hot, Um, juicy, salacious? Well, I'll have some news out next month. Yes. But I can't say anything more about it because there's a contract involved that says don't say anything about it. All right. We'll back It is not an overtly controversial thing. It's Hmm. just... Which means a nice thing, and it was a lot of you know, it was a fair amount of work. But you have a book coming out, I think. Oh, who does books? Biography on somebody. (laughs) Yes, the unofficial Greg Rempe biography. Oh yes, please. I've been talking to your elementary school teacher, Mrs. Thalen. Oh, what a she was so great. She was my favorite third grade teacher, and your daughters have been a real help. Yes, well, they're they're quite lippy, those right. gals, so they like to talk. <laughs> hey, uh, make sure that you're visiting Derek's website, DerekRiches.com, and check back the fourth Tuesday of every month, and you can find them right here on this show. Derek, always appreciate the time. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, see you sometime around Thanksgiving. Yes, we will do it. We'll talk turkey then, of course. DerekRiches.com is his website. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers before we head on out and get ready for the second hour. I'm going to have to stop this because we will not make it back in time. Uh, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything there has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa Smokers has something you need to be a better outdoor cook. They have it, and they can make you better. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings, sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, double secret steak rub, little Louis seasoned salt, just a few. 
to name my favorites. Also, owners of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that wants to please everybody, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And then there's the cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet cookers, all right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure what grill you need, pick up a phone and call somebody for crying out loud. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. This portion brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. Pro, once again, back in stock. So if you're looking for ultimate high heat monitorability, that's the one you want. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously through Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. All right, we thank Tim McKeska all the way back in the first interview segment of this evening, talking about pork pricing and how we got to where we are right now and why it was so high. And again, if you go back and you're watching the video and you see the pricing that he's looking at, that's not the retail pricing that we were seeing. That was packaging plant stuff and and distribution stuff. So double that, and that's when you start to see the bigger prices that the consumer's paying. Also, we thank Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com giving us uh, in-depth on Z-Grills and how they really dominate the market when it comes to pellet cooking and making those low-end pellet cookers, not only for other companies, but their own brand as well. Hey, if you're going to make them, why not make one for yourself? All right, let's go ahead and point to the second hour, refresh libations, and we'll be back with some hot takes and other random things before we get with the embedded correspondence. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. 